millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Second down to 19 following the penalty. Garoppolo to the outside and is picked off and taken back for a touchdown. Vernon Hargraves picks off Garoppolo and scores the Bucks' first touchdown of the season. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Curlo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. This podcast is a little bittersweet for us because we're happy to be pulling Monica Herndon out from the producer's chair and have her sit in front of a microphone. Um, but we managed to arm twist her because, of course, she's leaving us, unfortunately, to go north to the damn Philadelphia Inquirer, to our former podcast producer, Denise Keenan. And we won't forget, Denise, we will not forget. Um, anyway, what we're going to talk about today is that most of the time, Monica's behind a camera taking pictures or videos, and often you can find her at Raymond James Stadium or Tropicana Field. We wanted her to talk about her experiences as a female photojournalist in some very male places. So today's topic is on the sidelines. You want to kick it off? Actually, I think we should welcome our new producer and We should first. welcome our new producer, who Marta Asensio Ryan is uh, taking the producer's slot, so thanks for joining us. And don't go to the Inquirer. And don't go to the Philadelphia <laughs> Inquirer. We already hated the Inquirer, and it took Lisa Gartner, too. So, you know, we just, we got a lot of issues with that place. All right. So We're happy for you, Monica. We are thank happy you, for thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So, <laughs> let's talk about being the chick on the sidelines. Is it, are you usually the only chick on the sidelines? Um, there's a couple other women, but for the most part, you know, like percentage wise, yeah, uh, there typically aren't many. We're not covering many female sports. So yes, exactly. once you take that into account, it's like, oh, it's me and two other ladies and the cheerleaders. <laughs> and that's it. What's that been like? Well, like you said, there's not a ton of us. So I think a lot about, weirdly, I think a lot about what I'm wearing. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have many examples of other women to look at. Like, yeah. huh, what can I wear on the sidelines that's comfortable and appropriate and, you know, I can get the job done in. Not hot. Yeah, not, not too hot. hot. But so I end up dressing like a middle-aged man. <laughs> Pointer number one. That'll solve it. <laughs> Sports photography for women. Dress like a middle-aged so man. like a polyester polo type thing. <laughs> yeah. Some like, sans belt pants. Like a, a Columbia fishing shirt. Maybe some hiking pants, hiking boots. Oh. Oh, I am often matching the other male photographers. Ex <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez. I bet you wear it better. N not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started, that was really something I thought about a lot. And now after doing it for five years, I've figured out like what to wear so that I'm not sweating profusely. Well, I mean, you're always sweating profusely but so that other people can't tell you're sweating profusely um and it's not annoying you while you're trying to do the job so what do you like about it what's what drew you to it um weirdly in high school and college I didn't pay much attention to football or sports 
Um, we I didn't grow up watching sports like golf and tennis were the only things on in my parents' house. Um, but when I got to University of Miami, where I went to school, uh, football was a really big deal, <laughs> and I was quickly indoctrinated into the like college football world, and that's where I started feeling like, oh, this is really exciting. You know, I kind of think I want to get closer. So working at the student newspaper, um, I got to start shooting college football and. I felt the adrenaline on the sideline. And then, you know, after college, coming to the Tampa Bay Times and finally shooting some NFL games, then you're like, oh, wow, this there really is a lot of adrenaline on the sideline. And that's what kept me going back was just like when you're sitting in the end zone and you know you're as prepared as you can be and you know that if a touchdown were to come to you in that moment, you would make the picture. And then when it actually happens and you do make the picture, like, uh, I don't know, it's a really great feeling. So did you have to learn the game of football while you were learning to shoot football? Oh, yes, I did. Uh, you know, in college, I didn't even know what the quarterback did, which is really embarrassing. But <laughs> it took, you know, I would turn to somebody next to me. Hey, who is that person? What are they doing? Like, what does this actually mean? Uh, or sitting sitting next to someone writing captions. Hey, can you explain to me what just happened? Um, and then that later turned into listening to the radio because then the announcers will explain what's going on. And that can really help with writing captions and understanding. Do you listen to the games while you're shooting them? I do like to for NFL. Um, it depends on the stadium, like how good of quality audio you can actually get. Um, but it's really helpful to listen to the game because then they'll tell you how many yards somebody ran, if it was a first down, you know, any other interesting facts about the person who scored or whatever. Um, they also like will talk about how the quarterback's doing or if some player's having a really great game and it can kind of help me stay in touch with the storyline so that at halftime or at the end of the game I know what pictures I need to send quickly and I know like what the reporters or the sports editors are going to ask for. Do, so do you take notes on the the reporting of the story like while you're listening are you taking notes and shooting and watching the game at the same time? No uh, so I shoot with a Canon what were two Canons 1DX Mark II's and um, you can record voice memos attached to the picture so I'll record like first quarter uh, blah 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 ran for 12 yards for a first down and then when I go back to edit the notes are there in the audio so I'll like plug in my headphones and listen and type out you know what I had just recorded. Oh, that's a cool a process. Yeah. yeah. You're listening, you're recording, you're shooting, you're watching, you're making sure you don't get tackled on the sidelines. Wow. Yeah, you have to pay attention to a lot. It can be really overwhelming when you first start. Um, but at some point, like, listening to the radio gives you something to focus on that's not all the other sounds and all the other things going on. So I find that it actually kind of helps me stay focused if I just have that in my ears. Are you watching the other photographers too? Or have you got to the point where you're just like, I'm doing my thing, they're doing their thing? A little bit. You know, I'll try and pay attention to where the other person is or multiple people that I'm shooting with. But for the most part, I know where I want to be at this point. When I started out, I did not at all. So it was like, oh, okay, where's the AP guy? Where's the Getty guy? Let me try and figure out where the best place to be is. And sometimes you're not in the best place and you completely miss the picture. But that's not a good day. (laughs) No. How did, um, so how did everybody treat you when you first started this? I mean, it is a very, like we all deal in male worlds, but that's a very male world. Um, how did they, how do they treat you? Yeah. Uh, I feel like when I first started, I kind of had to prove to people that I was there, 
and I took it seriously and I was there to do good work and to work hard. I wasn't there just to screw around or be next to athletes. Like Mm -hmm. I was there to get the same (laughs) pictures that they were, even if it meant, you know, when like running out for the post game scrum, it meant like throwing a lot of elbows. You know, at the beginning I was afraid to throw elbows. I didn't want people to think I was like mean, um, but Wait, who a, are you elbowing? The other photographers or the players or what? The like, other photographers. Okay. Damn. <laughs> it's kind of brutal. Glad we haven't pissed her off. <laughs> <laughs> I've had other photographers' friends, you know, come up to me after like, dang, you really pushed me out of the way. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to get the picture. It's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> Back off. <laughs> but it's like pack journalism every time. It is. And at the end of the game, if you can, I found that I can run faster than a lot of people. So if I can get out there first, and then like protect my space then I can be in the right place to make the best picture but if you get there late you you know you miss I'm shorter than everyone I can't you know you'll miss the picture and when you're running up and down the field and across the field and trying to elbow people out of your way how many pounds of gear are you strapping on your back at this time I I don't actually know but it's I feel like it's more than 25 pounds um because I take so she's gotten stronger feeling this yeah I take a a really long lens a 400 with a body on it and then a 70 to 200 and a body and then I normally keep a lens in my fanny pack as well as water and my radio and my phone and probably a notebook and a cell phone um so it gets pretty heavy are you shooting video as well as stills not really. Um, on game days, there's so much going on. Um, it, it, if you're adding video into the mix, then you end up missing the pictures that you need. Um, and and <clears throat> at that point, like they really want the nice picture for 1A or, or the sports front, so it kind of helps to focus. Are there advantages to being a woman in that world? Are there disadvantages? I'm sure there's some disadvantages because you're not like stocky and big and... Uh, but. Well, when I first started out, I felt like being small was a disadvantage. Um, but now I don't. <laughs> now you're squirrely. Now you're in there. Not yeah, I mean, like I said, I can run faster. It's not as hard for me to get up and down. Um, uh, it is a disadvantage if you get to a scene late and everyone around the edges is just huge, tall people. Then you can't shoot over them. Mm-hmm. Um being a woman, I do think sometimes people react to you differently. Um, so sometimes it has helped me. I've gotten, you know, better access to things than like a guy would get. But I don't I don't know if I have a specific example. What, what are they like with you? I, I've never hardly covered sports, but the few times I did, I was never allowed in the locker room in the 90s. Do they let you in the locker room? Yeah, they do. Women? At Bucks, you totally can. And a lot of the female sports reporter like TV reporters do. Um, at that point, there's not much for me to really shoot in there. So I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't spend much time That's in a different, there. Yeah. <laughs> Those are different pictures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if I need to be in the locker room, yes. I'll let you in. Yeah. What have been, I know, we'll talk about, you've had some moments on the sidelines, right? Yes. You had yeah. one very dramatic moment <laughs> on the sidelines. Very dramatic, yes. Um, in 2015, at a Plant High School versus Hillsborough game, um, I w- it was, this was early in my football career, so I wasn't as aware of what was going on I like her me. football career. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm shooting pictures at the top of the third quarter. I think somebody had an interception, and I'm like, oh, this is great. It's a much better picture of this guy than the, t- the picture I turned in earlier. And then next thing I know, I'm on a stretcher and being wheeled off the field. 
And I never actually remembered getting hit. Like, it never came back to me uh, all these years later. But apparently I got hit. I was on the ground. They had to delay the game, put me on a stretcher, <laughs> and wheel me off the field. Um, and I had to go to the hospital, had a concussion, scared a lot of people. Oh, damn. <laughs> the dangerous line of work. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then like three weeks later, I was back on the field shooting more football, a lot more cautious. You know, I jump out of the way sooner than anyone else around me, but it's not worth it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, your trajectory from high school to pro went pretty quick there, yeah. babe. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Would you like better shooting baseball or football? Um, football. I like football way more. Um, baseball's kind of boring. <laughs> There's a lot less, you know, names to remember uh, and players to remember, but I love the action of football and how fast it moves and how, you know, okay, you, maybe you missed that one touchdown, but in all likelihood, there will be another. Whereas in baseball, sometimes if you miss the only picture, that's the only picture for the entire game. Come on now, you've been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I think like a, a, a second touchdown is asking a lot. But okay. Sometimes it's the other team's touchdown. Okay. But <laughs> All right, all right, we'll go there. So your dad was a newspaper photographer, and he tried to discourage you from this profession. <laughs> Why? And what do you I, what do you say to him now? Well. <clears throat> My dad left journalism uh, full-time in, like, 2000, so it was before things had gotten really, really bad. And he still tried to discourage he you. He still <laughs> tried to discourage me, but I don't think he knew <laughs> the extent of how things had changed since he left. So, you know, he told me, hey, are you sure? And then I said, yes, I'm sure. This is what I want to do. And at that point, he said, okay, well, I'm going to support you. And he didn't try and talk me out of it again. And now, you know, he always picks up the phone when I'm like, hey, dad, this crazy thing happened at work. Let me talk to you. And, you know, we'll talk for hours and hours. He's like, well, that's another non-school lesson. <laughs> Is Was his being a photographer part of the reason you wanted to become a photographer? Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't really know what he was working on. I didn't know the serious things he was doing, but... Um, occasionally he would take us with him on assignment and he'd like stick us in the corner and say, be quiet, don't move. <laughs> but I loved how, uh, you know, he's, it seemed like he knew about everything, you know, from being on all of these assignments, he would pick up all these tiny little things, which is another thing that I love, you know, it's why I love this job is that I get to learn about so many different topics that I never would have even thought about. What, what did you think his job was like as a little Monica versus what you realize it's like now that you've been doing this for a decade? Um, as a little I don't, Monica. I don't think I realized <laughs> how much like driving he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't realize like how much time he spent actually on the road. Then all of a sudden it made sense why his car was like so lived in. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I just thought he had a really cool job. Like, he would occasionally take me into the newsroom and introduce me to, like, the artists. And I was like, wow, these people get to do creative things every day as their job. And I thought that was so cool, 
you know, that like they were doing art and that was their job and that I could do that too, like making pictures. You know? how's, it, how's it panned out versus your expectations? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more press conferences. <laughs> no, but grins, yeah, <laughs> um, I didn't expect to be doing sports and I didn't, uh, expect or I didn't think about like the create creativity that could come into shooting sports and um how much uh like where you sit or where you stand or like what you see can affect you know the pictures that you're making was he not a he wasn't he was a news photographer yeah he didn't really do sports and like I said we didn't grow up with it so I like I did not become a photojournalist thinking I'm going to be a sports photographer that kind of happened <laughs> did your mom what your mom what did your mom think well my mom was actually the one who suggested that I give it a try <laughs> oh really yeah so I, she wasn't put off by your dad's career no and I think she saw like all the interesting people he got to meet and all how like cool all of his co-workers were I mean journalists are the best co-workers like they are great people to work with um so in we high didn't tell her to say that <laughs> in high school I had no clue what I wanted to do like I had always done well in school but I like couldn't figure out how that would you know convert to real life and, <laughs> and my mom one day suggested well why don't you try photography I'm like, yeah. okay sure <laughs> and it all went from there wow what, what, other than sports, like, what are some of your favorite types of stories to do? Because I know you've done some projects and narratives. And the first time I met you, we were you were filling in at the end of a long narrative, which was a really scary thing to jump into. And I was yeah. like, oh, this girl's got <laughs> which it. Which one like, was that? <laughs> we had, me and Melissa Little had embedded in the hospice team for six months. And then Melissa left. And oh, God, a hospice team? A hospice team. And, and uh, Monica came on for the funeral of this woman we had sat at her bedside <laughs> for six weeks I mean, six months long, she'd been dying. And, and I hadn't met you before. Mm -hmm. And she comes up to me at the funeral. She's like, I'm Monica. And I was like, I'm so sorry you have to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> you were such uh, a pro. And, and Monica, you'd only been here a couple weeks, maybe. Yeah. And you found the ending of that story. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? You I do. I ending. remember the picture because I remember Melissa reached out to me and said that she appreciated that I, you know, closed it out. But um, that was a, a difficult entry into the world of narrative journalism it's like oh we've been doing all this work for so long now you get to go to the funeral and in that moment I kind of realized that I like funerals are my least favorite thing to cover they're easier to cover if you kind of know the people and know what's going on but I've always found that I'm an empathetic person and my response to tough situations like that is n normally not to make more pictures it's like for people to be comfortable, which some people would disagree with, but I found that that's kind of helped me is how empathetic I am. When they had, just to set it up, they had an open casket at this woman's funeral and the family had known she was dying for six months. And I was real focused on the family and Monica wanted to go find the nurse that had been with this woman, the hospice team person. So she zigged while I zagged and it ended up being the whole ending of the story because it wasn't about the family and their reaction. It was about the hospice worker who had to leave in the middle of this funeral to go be with another dying person. And it was like, you came up to me in the hallway and told me that afterwards. And I was like, oh, God, I got to call that nurse. And it was great. You had good instincts. Ah. So what, so yeah, on the eve of your departure here. So what are what are some of the funnest things you've covered? Um, Aside uh, from going to a funeral with Lane. <laughs> yeah, not that. <laughs> <laughs> and getting a concussion at a high school getting game. Getting a concussion. <laughs> 
2016, uh, the last time that President Obama came to Tampa, I got to ride along with the pool, um, which I had never done before. Like, so I got to ride with all the photographers from D.C. who, you know, followed him on the plane and we went to all the different locations and I got to stand really close to him. And uh, that was really exciting. The the pool photographers gave me some crap because I got in the wrong bus, but... (laughs) (laughs) But it ended up working out just fine. <laughs> and you're going to be going off to do, you're going to do more sports coverage. Sports and video. I'm going to be doing a lot of video, um, which is great because that's Den- Denise's strong suit. So we'll work closely on a lot of that stuff and probably do some shorter pieces when I first get there and hopefully learn the town, some daily work to figure out what's going on. Um, yeah. So what keeps you in journalism? I mean, you could go off. I mean, what keeps you in daily journalism? Because you could go off and freelance. A lot of a lot of photographers, you know, have gone off and um, do commercial work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like the teamwork. I like, you know, with football, I get to work with a team of photographers and we figure out our coverage plan and we figure out the schedule and we figure out who's going to look for what. And then, you know, when somebody comes back with a really great picture, we're all cheering them on and. Um, that aspect's really great when I'm working on like a video project, you know, I'm collaborating closely with the reporter and any other photographers who have shot anything for this project and with their editors. Um, you know, that wasn't something that I had expected to do either. I thought so much of what I would be doing would be alone, but the collaboration and the working in a team has been, that is my favorite part. And that's why I stay at a newspaper. Like I don't, think I would like being a freelance journalist because it is very isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You've been doing this professionally for nine years? No, Ten years? Five years. Five years. Okay, so including college. Nine including years college, nine years, yes. And and I know that your job is way different from what your dad did 30 years ago. But how has your own job changed in those, say, last nine years? Uh, well, when I started in college, I thought I was just going to be a still photographer. Like I thought I wasn't going to be doing any video, but I had a college professor who said the only way you're going to get a job is if you do video. And I didn't, I didn't believe him at all. Um, but I found that to largely be true. That was a huge reason I even got a job here was because I had the video skills and I came in early and was training veteran photographers how to use iMovie and then how to use Final Cut, um, which I also had not expected. That's always kind of weird when you're teaching someone who's 30 years your senior, like how to use a program. <laughs> Thank goodness for you. <laughs> She's very modest because she really does sort of help run the photo department here. <laughs> she keeps them all on their toes. What, yeah. So what advice do you have for college photographers who want to do what you do? I think really to like learn as much as you can. I, one thing that I've found has helped me here is that I look at what I can do and then I look and I think, huh, what are my weak spots like? Where do I need to grow? And, you know, annually or more than annually, I'm thinking like, okay, well, I really want to work on my portrait work because last year I found it wasn't that strong. And so at some point I decided, okay, I'm going to focus on getting lights and learning lights and how to use them and how to feel comfortable using them in public. Um, And I think being able to identify where your weaknesses are can help you move forward a lot. You want advice for anyone? Yeah. Do you want to end this podcast with your final question for Monica? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is going to be my first question, but now it's my last question. Hopefully, not my last time we get to question you. But why the hell are you leaving us? <laughs> <laughs> Who would want to leave us? Huh? <laughs> Come on. Well, I'm going to miss the two of you a whole lot, especially producing this. Um, 
hanging out. <laughs> but no more love advice from us. <laughs> Long distance. She'll what call. am I going to do? She'll call. We'll, we'll tell her. We'll tell her from a distance. <laughs> if you have love advice for Monica, go to right lane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if or, or if you have other questions, <laughs> <laughs> we will miss you, Monica. Thank you. We will. Yeah, I'll miss Thank you, you too. so much. All right, other questions or those, whatever. <laughs> if you want to offer some advice, whatever, please email it to rightlane at tampabay.com. That's W R I T E L A N E at tampabay.com. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Marta Asensio. Asensio, right? See, I'm, th- I'm overthinking your name now. See, I'm screwing it up. This podcast was produced by Marta Asensio Ryan. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.